Welcome to The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig, a podcast which endeavors to expose the truth behind legal stories that are distorted by mainstream media. And now, here's your host, passionate truth seeker and veteran attorney, Jill Rosenzweig. Welcome back to another episode of The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig. I'm your host, Jill Rosenzweig, and this is going to be a very short episode. I am at home, as I'm sure many of you are, and I've been dealing with a lot of homeschooling stuff, and it's one Zoom after the next, and so my next Zoom is in about 15 minutes, so that is the amount of time that I can devote to this podcast, Uh, so I'll just keep it short and sweet. But I did want to talk to you about a case that was filed against Fox News. It was filed by a nonprofit in Washington state. And at the core of it, the lawsuit involves this nonprofit group suing Fox News and claiming that Fox News hosts are making statements that are false and misleading regarding coronavirus. And specifically, the lawsuit cites to statements that were made by Sean Hannity and Trish Reagan. Uh, She was actually fired after making certain statements. And basically what the lawsuit says is that they were underplaying how serious the virus is and that because of the way that they were talking about the coronavirus, the people that watch Fox News were led to believe that they should not be taking certain precautions and that this put the Fox News viewers at risk because they didn't think the situation was as serious as it was. And so that's the claim in a nutshell. And it's interesting because this really turns on First Amendment issues and how protected Fox News and other networks might be when making statements that would be considered factual in nature that turn out to be false. And so what's interesting here is that Fox News has filed a motion to dismiss the case, which is not surprising at all. And in that motion, there are certain arguments that are made. And what I find so fascinating about all of this is that Fox News, because they've been sued, They now need to respond to the allegations, and one of their arguments in the case is that even if it turns out that the things that were said are false, that they're protected by the First Amendment anyway. And so basically what they're saying in the case is that they're kind of conceding that it's possible that what they said is not true. And I think that that even if you overcome a case like this because what you've said is protected by the First Amendment it still doesn't look great for Fox News to be conceding that there may have been certain false statements that were made. Uh, But getting back to the actual law, there are certain things that are said in the motion to dismiss. And the first is that what was said by these people on Fox News was really an opinion and that opinions are protected by the First Amendment. There's no problem if the opinion turns out to be false in nature or incorrect, I guess you would say, Uh, that was the first argument that they made, that they don't have to worry about any statement that was made that is an opinion because opinions are protected by the First Amendment. And they then go on to say 
that with respect to any statement that could be considered a factual statement, that false factual statements are protected by the First Amendment. And what they do is they cite to certain cases. Now, there is a precedent-setting case, probably the leading case, that has to do with the press and its right to make statements and how it has extra protections based upon the First Amendment and the freedom of the press. And that is the case Sullivan versus the New York Times. It's a case that was heard and decided by the Supreme Court in 1964. And in a nutshell, it offers broad protection to the media in making statements. And the idea behind that is that you don't want to unnecessarily silence the media and make the media feel like it needs to be insanely careful about making sure every statement that it makes is accurate because that would be silencing free speech. And the idea with respect to the media is that any false statement that is made by one news source can be counterstated by another news source and that it's up to the viewers to look at all of the media statements that are out there and determine for him or herself what is true and what is not true. And that's basically what the defense is saying here is that you shouldn't be silencing Fox News because anyone who's watching Fox News, even if there's a statement that's made that's inaccurate, they can then go to a different news source and hear what that news source has to say and then figure it out for themselves and determine whether or not what Fox News said is accurate. However, there are cases that talk about the limitations of the First Amendment and what types of speech are not protected by the First Amendment. And I think an obvious example that a lot of us know about is the idea of shouting fire in a theater, that if you are inciting an imminent threat, so if you falsely claim that there's a fire in a theater and everyone jumps out of their seats and starts running out of the theater to save themselves, and it creates basically a stampede and people get injured or die in the process of trying to run to safety, then that type of speech is not protected by the First Amendment. And what the defendant said in this case, so Fox News is asserting that this is not a case where they're yelling fire, that even if what they said is untrue, it's not creating an imminent threat and that because any threat that they might be posing is not considered imminent, they would still be protected by the First Amendment. And I think that that's an interesting statement because to a certain extent, they're right. When it comes to the threat, is the threat imminent? Is a false statement, assuming what was said on Fox News, is false? If it is false, did they create an imminent threat? And it's not the kind of situation where you have people running out of a theater, but when people are watching Fox News and they determine, okay, it's safe for me to go out in public and not wear a mask. It's safe for me to continue to convene with other people. It's safe for me to continue to go to work, even though it may not be the best idea right now. It's safe for me to go to grocery stores on a daily basis and not wear any form of protection or it's safe for me to not wash my hands as often as maybe other people are saying I should. If those are the things that people are concluding after watching a broadcast, can you say that that is similar to the imminent threat of having to run out of a theater because you think there's a fire inside? And I think that that will be 
a major question that this court is going to have to analyze and try to determine. And I think that the other thing is that there are a lot of laws in place that demonstrate that the First Amendment doesn't protect certain lies. For example, perjury is not protected by the First Amendment. Other types of lies like fraud or defamation are not protected by the First Amendment. And so the question becomes, if you determine that what was said on Fox News was untrue, are those untruths where there are false factual statements being made and it's not determined that these statements were opinion-based, are those statements going to be protected by the First Amendment? And it will be interesting to see what happens here. One thing I do want to point out in terms of just making this fair and uh, a fully examined podcast, even though I have very little time today, is that what Fox News is saying is that a lot of other networks were also, quote unquote, downplaying the severity of coronavirus at the time that the statements were made by Sean Hannity and Trish Reagan. And they annex a ton of transcripts showing that other news outlets were also saying that this coronavirus was similar to the flu and other statements that were making it seem like it wasn't as serious as it might have been. And so one of the approaches to this case is to say, well, if we were doing it, other people were doing it too. Now, I don't think that that's really a legal argument that they're making, but what I think that the defense is doing in saying that is that if you are going to punish Fox News for the statements that Fox News made, then essentially what this will do is it will silence all news outlets and it will affect much more than just Fox News. And so I think that by doing that, the message being sent here is that it would be silencing a lot of media outlets and possibly curtailing free speech because even if it's determined that these specific statements were false, what the natural outcome of a case like this would be would be to make all media outlets think twice before they say anything and really feel this pressure to make sure that every single thing that they say is true. And sometimes the facts have not been fully developed yet. And what they're saying is this would make everyone hesitant to even opine on things that are developing. And is that the type of thing that you want to do when it comes to the media? One might argue that that is what you want to do, that the news should really be to report the facts. And when the facts are not fully known, maybe you don't want the media coming to conclusions and telling you what to think about certain things. And so this is a really interesting case. I think it turns on a lot of First Amendment issues and also the idea of holding the media accountable for making false statements. And so I will be watching this case closely. Uh, Like I said, the motion to dismiss was just filed, so I would expect that the plaintiffs will file an opposition to the motion to dismiss, and eventually it will be heard by the court. It'll be interesting also to see if there's oral argument, which I would imagine would occur via Zoom, and we'll see what happens with this. That's all I have for this week. I've got to run. I hope you're all doing really well. Um, As always, if you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, I'd really appreciate it, and please share the podcast. I'd really appreciate that as well. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. 